I'm looking for the freak book, actually. Okay, so so I'm you you were looking for it. You haven't found it yet. No. Okay, so I did a little bit of research myself, All right. and I found what I think is the closest equivalent to the freak book. Yeah. So, do you want to just get into that whenever we whenever we get into it, or do you want to get into that yeah, now? No, let's let's get into it when we get into it. Okay, can do. Um, which I'm fine. Let me pull it up. What I found. Should we just get going? Yeah, might as well, man. <laughs> All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 6, The Rat Dog. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Freak Book, as you've just heard us talking about The Freak Book. One thing that we wanted to do a little shallow dive on was the Bono phone that somebody gets Ted for his birthday as he opens his presents like a toddler might. At his actual birthday party. Of course, the Bono phone referred to Product Red, stylized as parentheses, product in parentheses, and Red uh, is a licensed brand by the company (laughs) Red, stylized as Red in parentheses, that seeks to engage the private sector in raising awareness and funds to help eliminate HIV and AIDS in eight African countries. Each partner company creates a product with the Product Red logo. So, like, they license their whole you know the the shade of red and the the parentheses and the logo and all that stuff to anybody who wants it and these products are supposed to be i guess you know maybe a little more expensive maybe a little more desirable uh and 50 percent of profits gained by each partner is donated to the global fund to fight aids tuberculosis (laughs) and malaria which is the title of a an actual charity, the Global Fund, and the full hmm. name is AIDS, tuber- tuberculosis, and malaria. It's kind of um, ethical consumerism, is what they call it. Not exactly nonprofit, but better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, fifty percent uh, is a, a pretty pretty large margin. That's uh that's decent. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's better than like, uh, hey, we're having a Pizza Hut night fundraiser where we get ten percent of every <laughs> diet yeah. Coke that's sold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, so obviously product red, uh, products have been sold by Apple, but also Nike, American Express in the UK, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Converse, Electronic Arts, um, let's see, Head, Buckaroo, Penguin Classics, Gap, Armani, Fiat, Hallmark, Beats. Uh, the first thing ever to have the product red logo was a, an American Express card in the UK that, you know, every time you made a purchase, like 1% or whatever went to the you know went to the global fund followed by gap introducing their gap red line in march uh and sometime in early 2006 then uh, armani sunglasses then converse it was not an iphone uh, to be that was the first phone to have a product red edition it was the motorola sliver i think i'm saying that right no way yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, is it slvr yeah which i'm like is that silver yep. or sliver <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing, Tim. Oh, you never actually know. Cool. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was Sliver because I think it's like in the same family as Razor. The razor and, yeah. and then the successor to the Razor, the one that I had, the Crazer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see the Sliver. Yeah, I guess it was small. Yeah, it was back when like the phone had to be the smallest possible. And now yeah. everybody wants the yeah. Plus. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I want the biggest <laughs> we- one you have. Weirdly enough, they uh, got a product endorsement with Scott Weiland and uh, uh, Velvet Revolver for the Sliver. Really? 
No, it's just oh. because of the name of the song Sliver. Oh, I didn't. I'm not uh, as well versed <laughs> in Velvet Revolver as I should be. I guess. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually needs to be well versed in Velvet Revolver. I yeah, just remember true. that one song because it played all the fucking time on, on like, Rocket. Uh, not even on Rocket, but like uh, this was the era of my sister and I, uh, like watching the VH1 Top 20 Countdown. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> loved those. So the first actual Apple product did make its debut in that first year of Product Red, 2006, and it was an iPod Nano that got the Product Red designation in October of 2006. And Product Red is still going strong. In fact, the iPhone 14 was just released a few months ago. October of 2022 uh, is the most recent Product Red wow. product to come out. Yeah, That's I know. ridiculous. I didn't still know this thing was strong. still going. I mean, good Me for either. If, they're, if they're making money and, yeah. you know, they're 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 donating money, it, yep. if it, it's a good thing. Keep it going. Whether or not it's uh, as popular as it once was, but yeah. if, it's, if it's working, keep doing it. Yeah, I liked it. It gave it a little bit more... I don't know what the word I'm looking for, authenticity or whatever, that it didn't become a huge fashion statement. That it like because it wasn't like, oh, you got to have product red. Ever, simply everyone has to have it, and it started yeah. to become more about the actual design or whatever product it was. And it wasn't about the because it never became that status symbol. I feel like it maintained some sort of actual charitable aura about it. You know what I mean? And and I like that that they're still going and we didn't know it, but they're still sending money to fight AIDS, which is great. Uh, so the other thing we wanted to know was, is the book Mondo Freaks that <laughs> ja- that Larry is so obsessed with, it's a birthday present for Ted Danson, but Larry kind of ends up with it um, after he gets kicked out of the party and, uh, you know, engages everybody from his limo driver to John McEnroe with the book. Is that a real book? So what I found is that it's not a real book, but it might have, uh, certainly the the way it looks in Curb, which, by the way, I, I saw this on the IMDb cha- page. It changes from a hardcover book to a softcover book at some time during the, <laughs> during oh my the God. Uh, I, episode. I didn't even notice that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's hardcover all the way up until Larry and jo- uh, John are looking at it at the pre-party for the McCartney concert. Uh, <laughs> and then it's a softcover. Certainly the one the, and the way it looks in the episode seems to be fictional. But when you search Mondo Freaks, you get... You do get you're able to buy it on Redbubble and these different places, and it and it's a book called Mondo Freaks, the original yeah. book of freaks. And, and I think that is just a hardcover journal. That's going to be like blank on the inside. Oh, yeah, that, okay. That's, that, that's going to be nothing that indicates that on the pages I'm looking at. So, but I think you're uh, probably right. What on Redbubble, Tim? It literally yeah. says hardcover journal in the, oh, in the listing. okay i see oh yeah <laughs> but also notebook, on Re- but, but in the listing that i was Red looking Bubble. at it says yeah the listing i'm looking at says mondo freaks the book made famous by larry and jeff i'm like okay, <laughs> oh okay okay interesting. okay see i'm yeah, looking like, at one that's on Redbubble where like it's got the image it's got the image yeah. of mondo freaks the original book of freaks but that whole yeah. image is split between the back and front cover. Yes, so if you're, you're right. looking at just the front <laughs> cover, it looks like uh, it looks like I do acts Ook of freaks. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, a uh, hardcover journal. Okay, now I see. Yeah, I was just reading the uh, the description because it says Mondo freaks. 
Oh my God, what a freak. Mondo Freaks, the original book of Freaks, made famous by Larry, David, and Jeff. Curb your enthusiasm. But now I see uh, if you okay. yeah, if you look a little closer, it does it does say all that stuff about you know <laughs> available in a selection of ruled graph or blank pages. Why would you buy this? Because it doesn't look like the book in the show. It's like some no, dumb logo that somebody made. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, didn't you get one of these one of these things that was uh, something from Seinfeld? Yeah, was it the the parking lot attendant? Oh yeah, the Jiffy logo? yeah the Jiffy Maybe? Park shirt. Yeah, yeah. We were looking up the Jiffy Park shirts, and yeah. you found one that looked just like the logo in the in the show. But we found yes. a bunch of them that were just like artistic, like creative representations of Jiffy Park. I'm like, who would buy this? Yeah, it doesn't look like what I'm trying to buy. It's, that's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Uh, yeah, but I found the most authentic one on Etsy. It was like totally worth, yeah. you know, whatever I paid for so, it. So, Tim, this is where my homework comes in. Okay. So the Mondo Freaks book itself is likely not to be real, but there is a good chance that it was based on FHM presents the Carnival of the Grotesque. Freaks, okay. fools, and foulness culled from the pages of FHM. And Tim, if you uh, look at the imager link I sent into the chat of the record, you okay. can pull this up. Although I, I will I will say, this is gnarly. Um, so just, just, just be, be aware. Yeah, when I yeah. think FHM, I want to see something grotesque. I wasn't reading FHM for gorgeous representations of the female body <laughs> yeah i wanted to you're see... not reading fhm for for uh boobs and motorcycles yeah. or anything i i think this is a different fhm oh I, I, this can't no way it's this, this can't be. possibly be uh this can't possibly be like for him magazine i bet it is <laughs> i don't know why it wouldn't be i mean that's the only fhm from the united kingdom that i know of let me see. EMAP Consumer <laughs> Media. Is that who owned FHM at some point? One of Britain's biggest media conglomerates, encompassing gossip magazines, radio stations, and trade exhibitions, sealed its demise. This is an article from 2007, agreeing to a $1 billion sale to Guardian Media Group. Oh, it credits itself with revolutionizing the market for men's titles with the 1994 acquisition of For Him Magazine, converted into FHM. All yeah, right. so it is the I, same. Maybe, maybe this is the same thing. Yeah, then. this is so so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why. That's why I was like FHM. Oh <laughs> boy, this is all right. Oh do you, you want to you want to take a look at it, what or are you hell? already doing it? No, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I'm. I'm You're done. done already. <laughs> yeah, I, I got like five. Sli- I got, and I wasn't even focusing on them. I was just sort of like scrolling yeah. through as fast as I could, and I'm I'm yeah. shutting it down. Well, there, well I mean, uh, page one, uh, Spanish perv shakes boulder loose. This 39 year old Spaniard Spaniard was happily having carnal relations with a chicken when oh both he and the gosh. bird were crushed by a huge rock. Ironically, his thrusting Ugh. likely caused the boulder to dislodge in the first place. Um, there's a photo of a giant tumor. Uh, let's see, this is captioned flesh eating horror. Ugh. Uh, a dude like missing half of the muscle on his leg. Let me see when oh, this is, does the publishing date match up to being available in 2007. I mean, I'm guessing if EMAP was shutting down already <laughs> by 2007, it's entirely possible. Um, it it, it could speed. be. You know, they're selling off all their assets. They're yeah. they're putting out hardcover and paperback versions of some of their say... most like uh, controversial yeah. things to try and get a couple of sales. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have a date next to the uh, woman burst stomach. Uh, ooh, Taiwan tug disaster. 
this was a scene after a Taiwanese tug-of-war contest ended in horror in October 1997. With over 400 participants tugging for each team, the rope snapped, throwing the contestants backward hard enough to sever the arms of two of the men. Oh, Their God. limbs were successfully reattached in the hospital. Lord. Oh, tree attacks man? Guy with a giant branch through his chest? Wow. Oh, God. Uh, multi-limbed lamb. Uh, ooh, load 38 more images. I think I will. <laughs> uh, Nutter oh, rides yeah. over waterfall. Robert Overacker from Camarillo, Los Angeles, had planned to leap from his jet ski the second it went over Niagara Falls in a stunt he'd been planning for seven years. A clever weight-sensitive device on the jet ski's seat would sense the daredevil's departure and automatically open the parachute strapped to his back. Unfortunately, the chute remained firmly shut, and Overacker went straight over the brink to his death. No. Arms akimbo. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, it, so this was from 2001, and so I'm going to say that you're probably on the right track, because it seems to be, like, when you search for this, you get, you know, you get lots of news stories about it that, you know, for instance, uh, this from the BBC magazine criticized for shock task tactics, <laughs> because uh, in 2001, a girl, a schoolgirl fainted and died after reading this book, if there is any better advertising for a freak book, they honestly probably loved the fact that this happened. Our book literally killed someone. This school schoolgirl uh, was looking oh. through the book and uh, and fainted and then passed away. I guess. <laughs> yeah, and so and there have been various oh. Reddit threads about trying to find the freak book, and some people positing like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a Ripley's, but believe it or not, book because those were kind of big back in the day. There's, there's on Amazon. Uh, seven years ago, someone posited that it could be the book of freaks by Factoid Books. Either that, or this might have come out. The Big Book of Freaks. Oh, by Ricky Jay, the famous uh, actor and magician. So I'm looking at a. I don't know if you made it this far into into um. What is it? The the book of the grotesque. Uh, death I did not. By ceiling. Distracted <laughs> by a phone call, motor mechanic Carl Riom left a high-pressure air hose attached to a tractor tire in his garage oh, in the God. town of Edslin near Stockholm. Returning from his chat, the last thing Carl, Carl would have seen was the grossly swollen tire, which then burst with tremendous force. The explosion propelled the unfortunate grease monkey into the ceiling, <laughs> where he left this imprint. Quote, the ceiling was very dirty, explained the local copper who had to remove poor Carl's Ugh. remains. So it's like Jesus it's like a cartoon Christ. like style body shape. No, of someone... it's a photo. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, is it a cartoon style yeah, yeah, body it, shape yeah, it's, on, it's a... on the wall? I exactly. See. Exactly. It's a it's mostly like wh where his body hit is clean versus <laughs> uh, the, the rest of the Jeez. dirty ceiling. And then there's just a like very dark splatter where i'm guessing his head exploded. oh god exploded yeah this um yeah it's i was correct in in Pretty my grisly. assessment last week that this would not be my kind of thing <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you that this seems to be you know it seemed to be a popular entry or maybe the most popular entry in this genre of book oh, i made it to the body horror oh i made it to the oh, body god. horror oh. the whole thing is body horror Oh, d d there's just like a photo gallery <laughs> of body Jeez. horror. It's not even like, yeah. Oh God. Uh, okay, I made it too far. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there's only two things that make Ted oh. do that: gummy bears and body horror. Oh. <laughs> You've now dry heaved 
several times on the podcast, but this is the first from not, not from eating something. Not since we were recording <laughs> yeah, in person and doing yeah, like true. our our taste tests of uh, true. of Seinfeld products. Oh yeah. man. So Mondo Freaks is not real. Okay. Mondo Freaks is not real, but this freak book is. And and I I would I would tend to agree with you that that Mondo Freaks probably was inspired by, if not this book, maybe just just one like it. And that's all the uh, homework and stuff that we had. Oh God! All right. <laughs> uh, well, Ted recoups. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I need a second. Damn. <laughs> oh God. Ugh. Okay, I think, I'm, I think I'm ready. <laughs> Yowza. Uh, most of uh, most of that was just me trying to keep my cereal down as well. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Okay, did we want to get into curb your continuity, or did you kind of uh, kind of already cover that with? Uh, yeah, with the probably with the with, um with the uh, I didn't hey, think about is, it. is is it hardcover or is it paperback? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, the hard that's kind of it. Cover. Yeah, that was it. So <laughs> All right, normally do- it's like. Normally, it, it spans a couple episodes. Like, well, back in season one, this happened, and now this is happening. But this was within the episode we yeah. had in it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we get any news or anything? Not that I saw. All right. Perfect. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. <laughs> Despite the last 19 minutes being uh, almost exclusively research and bullshit. But we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 16 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify if you use either of those apps. If you like us a little bit more than that, you can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can get early access to extended versions of our episodes. I'm not sure how much of us talking about the uh, the carnival of the grotesque made it to our free feed, but if you want to hear me uh, go through quite a few listings in it and uh, mm. ultimately find something that made me tap out, uh, that's over on <laughs> Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash nohugging. We've also got movie reviews from the Seinfeld Extended Cinematic Universe. I, I think I add a new word to the title <laughs> of that every time I say it. Our, our most recently uh, published, as of this episode's release on the free feed, uh, or no, as as of this record, I should say, our most mm-hmm. recently published episode as of this record is Joe's Apartment, which is uh, one of Tim's favorite movies from mm-hmm. the mid to late 90s that oh, yeah. he wanted me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> He, I, I will say, uh, I, I don't want to say that it was like a punishment, but Tim got me back for watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the way that I, because man, I, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I still love Joe's apartment. Um, you can, yeah, you can learn more about Ted's reaction as you listen, but, um, yeah, if if you feel that same the same way that I felt about Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which was a movie that I liked at one point, but I had I have no desire to revisit it now that I've done it again. <laughs> Uh, then yeah, mission accomplished. But but I've got more. I've got more in my bag that I was suspecting that you might actually like love, fall in love with Joe's apartment. But I've got a couple in my bag that I'm thinking might be painful. But we'll see. We will see. 
It's not over. <laughs> uh, again, that is over at patreon.com slash no hugging, where you can join the likes of Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville podcast, John and Kathleen Murphy, Tim's dad <laughs> and mom, because there is no password sharing in no hugging land. We also got Will Hall, Danica Ligorio, J Dog Conlord. Wait. J Lord Condog, I did too. I did <laughs> it this time. <laughs> J Lord Condog, uh, <laughs> Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging. Link is down in the description. All of that being said, season six, episode six, The Rat Dog. Original air date October 14th, 2007. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry test the limits of sick sex semicolon loretta and leon's job prospects are burned by a slow toaster uh, i liked the play on words last week but now i don't know if i like this at all we'll have to see when we get to the end how much we agree uh, that those are the most important storylines all right so we open up at home and it is breakfast time and larry is dealing with the aforementioned slow toaster already it's being introduced so we know it has something to do with the <laughs> with the episode uh and he's giving leon some job interview advice and it is to turn it around on the interviewer after he asks some questions then ask him some questions and start making him try to impress you and this just goes to show you that larry has never been in a job interview no because it is a part of every (laughs) single job interview (laughs) that just goes the end of every job interview is do you have any questions for us (laughs) (laughs) every single one so wow i can't believe every hiring manager has been flipping it on themselves since the beginning of time oh man larry's the (laughs) smart one here i mean i did like their back and forth about it because i like leon going off he's like what's your credit like you use credit cards what do you do you order the cd through the mail company it goes to the neighbor's house and you go pick it up before the neighbor can find it it's like larry's like what that's very specific yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was that was so i i like their play on it but also it's so out of touch with the common man because larry is giving him advice honestly it is good to have some questions prepared so maybe he did he, he did help leon because who knows how many job interviews Leon has been on, but especially, I mean, you know, this he's go. We find out he's at like some very nice financial firm or something like that. So Leon seems like a guy who has lived by the streets, uh, and so maybe he hasn't had a job interview. So it was good to prep him to have questions for the interviewer, but it's also an accepted part of a job interview. <laughs> so again, maybe Leon didn't realize that, but he was prepared with some questions, which was which was good. And a telemarketer calls, and Larry uh, just you know cannot believe he's obviously maybe this was before the do not call list you know because they they did hit up your your cell phone a ton leon remarks that he has the same phone as larry meanwhile cheryl is sick and larry is up there kind of you know taking a little bit of care of her and he's excited at the prospect of leon or loretta who also has a job interview about them getting a job and moving out if just one of them gets a job (laughs) they can all move out of our house and he also tries getting frisky with cheryl but she is not into it uh it was a a bold move but it did not pay off for him Uh, over at newton academy not the dryden school so is this a curb your continuity entry where the school clearly says newton academy and they had been trying to get into the dryden school or 
Did they end up not getting into the Dryden School because of the snafu with the admissions lady? Mm. And so they had to go to maybe the lesser Newton Academy. I do not know. Maybe. There is a there is a real Newton Academy in Los Angeles uh, near, I think, like Koreatown. But it is not it's a preschool, not a, oh. <laughs> you know, a private private school or anything like this. So not the same place. Uh, so maybe they made up a completely other fake school. But I, I would like to know why we're not going to the Dryden School, why we're going to Newton Academy now. Uh, Larry's dropping the kids off at school, and he runs into some other parents like Susie and Tim Meadows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of uh, I mean, one of my favorite celebrities to run into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Hal. He's not Tim Meadows, of course. But um, <laughs> and obviously, Tim Meadows very famous by this point. I mean, this was this was not working actor gets a job. It's it's funny guy gets. You know, this is, this is cast yeah. on curb. Yeah. yeah, this is like post SNL, post yeah. Mean Girls, post that a lot of things. Yeah, this is like, oh yeah, very famous comedian, very famous <laughs> yeah. uh, comedic actor Tim Meadows is on Curb this week. Yes. Did you have you watched The Mandalorian? Are you into that at all? Yes, but we're not caught up on it. Oh, we, okay. we we started this season. We started uh, season three. And we're like two or three episodes into it, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we are. Are you watching it? You're not. Wa- you're not caught up on it, are you? You're not caught up on anything. I can't believe it, Ted. But I finished Mando the same week it ended. I watched no that on like way. Thursday night. Yeah. Wow. I know. Okay, did it, I'm as shocked as you. Was this past week the season finale? Yes. Oh my god. I know. Okay. Because <laughs> I I watched man. I watched the first episode. Like that Wednesday night, I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch the first episode because I'll probably fall behind and blah, blah, blah. And then I I, I purposefully saved the last two episodes because I wanted to watch them back to back because I didn't want to wait yeah. a week. But uh, that's what I did. I watched the second to last episode on Wednesday and the last episode on Thursday. And I was like, holy shit, I actually finished a show the week it finished. <laughs> you can actually, this has never... You're like, I can actually talk to Ted about something new. And then... Uh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. But I can join the discourse. I can I can text with my brother about it. You know, I mean, because he's true. definitely the That's the guy true. who keeps. Yeah, but I I mean, it, it, this doesn't spoil anything. But Tim Meadows shows up and he's excellent on Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, it, I know. He's absolutely uh, fantastic. Tim Meadows, especially, just has this way of playing an everyman that no one can do. He's just you know, he's just so good at 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 being just I don't know, uh, almost like a a living NPC or something. You know, just like. Very vanilla, but he adds... <laughs> That's such a good descriptor. Yeah, like, you know, he's supposed to just be like wallpaper, but he just he just elevates that role to something special. Like, I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but he's, he's, he's great. Gotta love Tim Meadows. And he has a wife, Jane, who is deaf, and Larry, you know, is he knows uh, she's leaving. He knows the sign for bye, which is waving goodbye. Uh, or Hal is leaving, and he wa- waves goodbye. And he's like, I know, uh, so-so. And he kind of moves his hand back and forth. And he also knows stinky, like holding your nose and going P-U, <laughs> which are obviously not ESL, actual ESL, but they are just agreed upon societal nonverbal cues that <laughs> that he knows. And he needs a toaster, and Jane found out that there is a sale at Sur La Tabla. This was one of my favorite things because Susie is interpreting her ESL and um, I'm sorry, ASL. ESL is English as a second language. ASL is American Sign Language. I, yeah, I always mix those up. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, wait, what does ESL stand for? Oh, American Sign Language, of course, because it's the internet age now. You got to put E in front of it. 
uh, yeah, so Susie is, is interpreting the ASL, and Larry goes, how do you know she said Sir La Tabla? Because <laughs> he thinks that there's a that there's sign language for Sir La Tabla. And she's like, she spelled it, you dumbass. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And Larry kills a spider. And look, normally I am all for insecticide. I will. In fact, there's a spider walking around our house right now that I lost track of that was very large. What I saw of it was like, the size of uh, uh, Susan B. Anthony, like the size of a gold coin. God um, damn. Yeah, I know. And and like, and then we lost track of it. I'm like, well, I guess we should check into a hotel for a couple of days, or at least until the weather cools back down. You know, this winter. Well, then we'll move back in, and hopefully, uh, yeah. And so I am all for <laughs> killing spiders, but this spider was outside. And yeah. going as fast as it could away from Larry David. And he yeah. still steps and on Not it. only that, but Larry, like, very clearly makes a scene and violently <laughs> stomps this spider to death. Yeah. Like, ah, spider, spider, ah! <laughs> yeah, and stomps on it like six or seven times. Like curb stomp style. <laughs> curb stomp, <laughs> hey. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. As your heels going into the back of uh, oh this my person's gosh. neck. Now yeah. I want somebody, I'm sure, uh, maybe it's even out there. I want somebody to put the Curb Your Enthusiasm music over the beginning of American History X. <laughs> when, um, is, which... is, uh, is, is this too much of a, a stretch for a pun? American Curb Story X? A uh, little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, that, that's what I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. <laughs> curbstery I, I don't think even i can let that slide <laughs> um but yeah that now i now i want that as the cops are pulling up and and uh, edward norton is curb stomping I, that I, guy in the beginning <laughs> but i i, I want the boom boom right yeah. as he like oh my hit, right as he stomps <laughs> oh my gosh so, so the, the beginning is like the, the whole like setup <laughs> I just want that on every inappropriate movie now, like uh, Phil- the end of Philadelphia <laughs> or like oh, no. Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> I want like curb inappropriate curb music. I want that to be a thing now. <laughs> Maybe I I'll- mean, hey, this, this episode doesn't come out on uh, uh, for, for another week, at least for patrons and two weeks for, for the free feed. You got time. Set up the TikTok now. Do oh, it. Oh, my gosh. All right. Although yeah. I feel like I feel like you got to do got to do Instagram. Do, we'll do Instagram reels. Do it on the gram. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to turn our Twitter account into that, but maybe I'll make it on the gram <laughs> and then, yeah, I gotta, I'll got i figure out how to do that. Uh, inappropriate curb music. After, you know, the, the crowd is horrified by Larry doing this and Susie chews him out for saying it was too violent for people. Now, I do disagree with that. Like, well, he didn't need to step on that spider, but also nobody should be freaked out about it. And he then he sees Jane's dog, who is... Is it like a hairless chihuahua or something? What was that? Kind of looks like it. Kind of looks like a hairless chihuahua. Yeah, I don't know if there's any way to find out. Um, but he call- he says the dog is very rat-like. And Susie passes that message on to Jane, who is offended. But Larry tells her he was joking. And it's funny, as she's walking away, he yells, Joking! Joking! Like she's you know, deaf and because, can hear- Because <laughs> she can hear him, clearly. Oh, wait! No, she can't! Yeah, I thought that was that was funny. <laughs> um, but also, I like the the twist on the joke. Like when when um, Susie said the dog looks like a rat. Like tone does not translate through American Sign Language. 
You know, it, it tone does. It's like it's like reading a, an email or a text and like trying to take it the right way. That's why everybody uses exclamation points on everything because they're so disarming. Like, yeah, when you're saying, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> or emojis. Yeah, or emojis exactly. But that doesn't exist in in ASL. So there was no, no. way to know that. Larry was just like, oh my gosh, what is that? Like half rat? Like that it was kind of a, a joke. Kind of a it joke, just, yeah. yeah. Just meanwhile, rat. Meanwhile, yeah, Susie in her interpretation says, he says the dog looks like a rat. Yeah, and just plain, just plain like that. You know, there's no... I mean, she could have added some sort of laughter uh, motion to it or whatever, but no, she doesn't do that. Uh, it, Larry, uh, leaving, uh, leaving the school, uses the bathroom and runs into Hal, and he tells him what happened and explains that, you know, she couldn't detect his joking tone and, you know, he's like, I- I'd love to apologize, but, you know, I can't really give her a call because she's deaf. And it's funny, Hal goes, yeah, I know she's deaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, well, I think it'd be great if you came by and apologized. And Larry thinks that special treatment that deaf people would not want. They don't want special treatment. Yeah, that's, this, is, yeah. this is Larry thinking for the people yes. that, I don't know, he's trying to think of, like, what would be best for the people but really, what would be best for him? Exactly, yeah. He, in his, doesn't, he doesn't want to go to their house. Yeah, in his laziness, he's attempting to make it look like he's being altruistic, uh, yeah. which is a great Larry. It's like his his base mode, really. Um, and he's like, no, well, you know, th- those people don't want special treatment. He's like, what What do you mean by those people? He's like, the deaf, you know. Uh, they just want to be treated <laughs> like everybody else. And, and with everybody else, you can call. And you don't have to drop by. So I feel like that would be special treatment that they wouldn't want to be, you know, pointed out for. Um, and while he's drying his hands in the blow dryer, Larry inadvertently makes a sign that offends Hal. And he yeah. says, fuck you and storms out. First off, like the, the he, he's drying his fingers yeah. like individually <laughs> and like. Like, uh, kind of like rubbing each one of his fingers individually, like almost as though like if you were to slide your your ring finger off, uh, but he's doing oh slide that, your ring yeah slide your ring like, off he, yeah. he's doing that like uh like in and out on his index finger yeah and I'm like what who has ever dried <laughs> their hands like this first off and, and second off uh, obviously we find out later but I'm wondering okay what does that mean apparently or or larry did something in asl to piss hal off yeah but honestly this is heather mills mccartney level of thinking everything is about yourself like last week when she got offended because they were like a football field away from her looking at a book and saying what a freak and then she thinks that they were talking about her Mm -hmm. it's the same thing it's obvious hal should have known from that one brief interaction out in the schoolyard that larry does not know asl (laughs) <laughs> so it's impossible for him to make any signs. Uh, but yes, uh, it did mean something, as we find out later. Uh, over at Jeff's, Larry is talking about how Cheryl being sick gets him a little... There's something about sick sex that gets him excited. He wants it uh, when she's sick. And Jeff's like, I'm kind of the opposite. I want it when I'm sick. And Larry... They're, so they're both <laughs> into it. Um, I got... You know, not to, not to get too TMI, but I'm on... I'm more on Jeff's side on this. There's something about like that that tingly sick feeling that that can add to you know, it's tough to make it happen, especially when you have no energy and you're sick or whatever, but there's something about that you know, the the chills. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The chills kind of add I gotcha. to I gotcha. add to it. Yeah. So um, I understood what they were saying. I don't think it's that weird, but they're, and they're they're both into it. Uh Larry wants to get his dad something special for his birthday, and he wants to get him a happy ending massage. And Jeff has to 
reinform Larry that he's the guy. Because if you'll remember, Jeff gave Larry a masseuse recommendation in season two, episode <laughs> ten, the massage, the season finale of season two. Oh, yeah, yeah, where it was a happy ending massage, and Larry didn't know. I, I feel like they're reintroducing this to us. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> I wish they would have said, "Hey, remember when you?" gave me that masseuse i want to do the same thing for my dad i wish they would have connected it there's no reason not to it made it seem like it was a new plot line when in fact just a few years ago it was the they made a whole episode called the massage about it uh, but jeff is the guy and he gives uh, larry he says lisa she's the best you gotta hire her uh susie comes in and so we find out larry explains to her what he was doing in uh, the the bathroom and susie explains that he called hal a cocksucker the motion he was doing with, uh, like, if you make a little, you know, sock puppet mouth with one hand and you sort of pull that on your index finger, that's cocksucker in ASL. So <laughs> don't say you never learned anything from Curb. Um, and so Larry, uh, you know, is, is kind of like, okay, well, that all makes sense about Hal now. Uh, and he also has no one to go to Greece with because Cheryl is sick and he's going to go see uh, Keisha in the play. That's when Mike, the exterminator, volunteers to go. Mike, the exterminator, a.k.a. Kevin Farley, Chris I Farley's thought, brother. I thought that was him. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, is that eerie comedian mainstay Kevin <laughs> Farley, who's been on, like, The Rock Morning Show, like, five or six times? <laughs> he must do very well in eerie. I met him on The Star Morning Show when I was there. It was great. <laughs> we talked about, because I guess they're from the Midwest or Wisconsin or something like that. And so, and making a murderer was huge when he was on and so we were talking about their their thick uh the thick wisconsin accents that they have and he could obviously do it pretty well from being being out there but yeah the great oh, the, yeah. the great <laughs> kevin farley it, it's kind of weird at first larry's like uh you know i don't know if i'm gonna go and mike he sort of guilts larry into it by playing this like i don't know almost pity card like oh you you know what that was stupid i don't know why i just, i like theater i'm sorry i was out of line you know mr green i'm, I'm really sorry about the uh, you know i'll just get back to work um but then larry you know this is also he doesn't this goes back to like being altruistic but really being lazy is the is the subtext larry doesn't want to do this but he hates the idea more that somebody might think he's a bad guy and there is like a class thing to it, too, that there's like, you know, he's a worker. He's working in his friend's house and now he's volunteered to go. It's like and Mike kind of plays that up that like Larry is at a different social level than he is like, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That was wrong. I'm, I'm just a worker. I'm going to go back to work or whatever. But Larry wouldn't want anybody to think of him that way. And so he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's uh, definitely we'll, we'll go to Greece together. And I like when Mike is like, oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to get fucked up. Like, what? <laughs> what do you think we're doing here, Mike? What do you think we're going to go see? That was weird, but funny. All right. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to get fucked up. Back at home, Leon's interview went very well. He flipped it on him. So he took Larry's advice, and he had some questions for the interview, which is great. I mean, that honestly, that is a good a strategy, once again. Um, and Loretta has an interview today. Larry introduces the concept of, I got a good feeling. I see two jobs in our future. And, you know, I mean, if you do that, you can move out. And that concept is just completely ignored. <laughs> yeah, they, they, don't, they don't pay any attention to it. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, Loretta just kind of turns around. It's like, okay, do I look all right? And just starts talking to <laughs> Leon again. Um, and that shows up 
and he is in love. He's telling Larry he met this beautiful woman, and yes, she's a masseuse, but she did things that mean love. She really likes me, and this is all, of course, because of the happy ending that Larry didn't let his dad know about, but that, uh, you know, Nat thinks he got a little something special because she's in love. Uh, Cheryl wants some wheat toast and also guilt trips Larry a little bit. I mean, if anybody can, I guess it's your wife because but she goes a little hard right away. She opens with, you don't care about me or something like that. I'm like, what? Yeah. Come on. Jesus Christ. That's a little that's like toddler level. You don't like me. You don't love me unless you bring me wheat toast. Like, all right. Uh, and so <laughs> he go, he runs downstairs and pauses Leon's toast, which I, I loved that conversation, too. And he's like, you can pick up where you left off. And Leon's like, you can't pause toast. <laughs> you can definitely pause toast. Uh, and so he brings uh, Cheryl, because of this busted toaster, essentially warmed bread. And I liked the extra detail of he tried to, you could t- tell, put a pat of butter on it, but the bread was too cold to even melt the butter. So it's in like one big chunk. You know, like when you go to a hotel and it's like yeah. frozen butter and you can't get it on a <laughs> roll or anything. Uh, yeah, I liked that it was in one giant chunk. She's like, I wanted toast. And he's like, this is toast. It went, it went in the toaster. Uh, but Cheryl rejects the warmed bread. And now Loretta is late to her interview. And on the way out to try to get her there on time, Larry grabs a cell phone. But we know that he has the exact same phone as Leon. And there's another phone sitting on the table. Uh-oh. Yep, Uh-oh. yep. I feel like hilarity is going to ensue. Over at the Bodnick group, it turns out that he waited as long as he could, but uh, Loretta missed the job interview and the position's already been filled. So it is a no-go for the job. And she is very unhappy on the drive back home with Larry and Nat. And Larry's like, you know what? I'll tell you, it was that toaster. I'm going to uh, buy a new toaster right now. We're going to go to uh, the sale. And Nat wants to buy Lisa his love lady, a toaster. He wants to get her <laughs> something very nice as well. <laughs> so over at Sur La Tabla, which was at 301 Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica, but Sur La Tabla closed more than half of their 121 U.S. locations in 2020 after filing for bankruptcy. And this store was one of the casualties. Um, and, and along with uh, I, the news stories that I found were that both West Side L.A. locations were closed in that culling. So I think there's now 55 Sur La Tabla locations in the U.S. There's still 10 in California, and four of those are in the L.A. area. So, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So fear not, L.A. Like, I, I think you're fine, L.A. Yeah, I you're think, just going to uh, have to. Think yeah. you, I think you be okay getting your, your Sur La Tabla. <laughs> yeah, getting your super nice uh, kitchen wares. Uh, it is now Interior Define, which is a pun that I don't like. I can tell, you know, it's, it's a play on Interior Design. But it's interior oh, defined. I didn't even pick up on that. I almost didn't either, no, it's and that's so why. Bad. Yeah, that's why I was like, no, the pun police are shutting that place down. We're gonna. Wait, are you saying define as in like definition or yes. divine? Uh, define D E F I N E. Okay, because define because de- divine with a V works so much better. I agree. Interior divine. I like that better than interior <laughs> define. What? That just sounds like you have a speech impediment. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> which we're not making fun of <laughs> we weren't but now we are no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, and larry and loretta are looking at a toaster uh, and they also compare which skin tones they find attractive and larry can go anywhere from albino to heart of darkness africa <laughs> jesus christ 
he has no preference. So, um, and also he sees Jane who told Larry about the Sur La Table sale. And so he goes over there and apologizes to her. Great. So now he doesn't have to drop by. Uh, he apologizes. He attempts to kiss and make up with the dog, but the dog is not into it. Uh, and he also apologizes for the cocksucker misunderstanding, which she totally gets because she knows that Larry doesn't know ASL. And so she understands that it was uh, a misunderstanding. And it is smoothed over until Larry finally is forced to tell his dad so he doesn't buy some like $2,000 cappuccino maker for Lisa. He finally says that he was the one who set up the happy ending and and that uh, it you know it was all paid for, that it was what she was supposed to do. And he makes the jerk-off motion, with, and then he <laughs> makes eye contact with Jane. And so now she's offended, and she does not hear him yelling as he did before that it was... Uh, uh, I forget what... I don't know whether he yells joking or what he was yelling this time, but uh, it wasn't about her, but she is still offended. So back at home, Larry leaves a message with Hal to call him on his cell phone, and Loretta tells Larry that Keisha's sick, so she's not going to be in the play. And Bill calls about the offer. Somebody named Bill is like, hi, I'm calling about the offer on Larry's cell phone. <laughs> and Larry thinks it's a telemarketer and basically tells this guy, as he puts it later, to go fuck himself. Because it's obviously somebody calling to offer Leon a job, but Larry thinks it's the telemarketer, same guy from earlier, or a different guy with it saying, no, no, we've got an offer I think you're really going to like. And... <laughs> This is almost uh, borders on like three's company level. Because if the guy would have just said, no, Leon, it's about your job order. Or hello, Mr. Black, I'm calling about a job order, job offer. Hello, Mr. Black, I'm calling about your job offer. But he just keeps saying offer. We've got We'd like an to make you offer. an offer. Yeah, yeah we'd like to offer. make you an offer. We've got an offer that we think you'll really like. Yeah, exactly. How long do you think it's going to be until uh, we get like uh, telemarketing GPT? Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be in the happening. works, right? Yeah, the I mean, thing I would is, be, like, I... telemarketers actually get paid pretty well. Like, yeah. I never knew that until I had to Uber a few around, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, if I if I go in like from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> like on a holiday, Jeez. it's like sixty dollars an hour." And I'm like, Damn. "Jesus Christ! Why didn't I do that? Um, I get I don't like talking on the phone <laughs> to people I know, so I guess that's probably why I didn't do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I guess as long as you don't care about people hanging up on you and cursing you out or whatever, um, that's, that's <laughs> you got, actually... If you got, like, really thick skin, it is the perfect job yeah, for you. Yeah, I guess that's not bad. And you don't have phone anxiety. I guess that's a that's a pretty big uh, qualifier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would show up on my first day. They're like, all right, uh, uh, you know, Tim, uh, you've been here an hour. How many uh, calls have you made? I'm gearing up for my first one. I've, I've already got kind of, like, the conversation set in my mind, what I'm going to say. Like, well, it's all in the script. Like, yeah, I know, I know. I just really want to make sure I... Yeah, but I just, I just got to, I gotta you know, like, hype myself up. got to build okay. up to it. I got this. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make that first one today, I promise, uh, at some point. Three uh, weeks later and you haven't made one <laughs> phone call yet? You're like, yeah, still working up to it. Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I was about to yesterday and then my shift was over, so... <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Hal calls Leon because he thinks he's calling Larry. And Leon, you know, first of all, thinks it's some guy calling that who, who Leon slept with his wife and wants an apology for that. And <laughs> Hal thinks it's Larry doing a black scent uh, and God talking like it. a black guy. <laughs> uh, but but Leon is talking about how he hit that ass and now he's done with it. So you can have your wife back and, uh, and all that. <laughs> 
and Hal is, is not pleased. So back at home, Larry or Leon realizes that their phones have been swapped, and I like that both of them say that no one called. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're they're leading each other too as well. I, I forget who goes first, but yeah. uh, but Leon's like no one from a uh, Woodcrest Financial called, <laughs> and and Larry's like I didn't get a call from uh, from or no uh, uh, I I didn't get a call from Hal, and Leon's like no. <laughs> I I loved both of their diminutive. <laughs> Nope. Almost silent nopes. Like Yeah. Just so quiet, like so like so shy about it. I'm like, this was great. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Didn't get didn't get any call. Nope. Uh that's when Mike Mike shows up and we get like they played this very weird. <laughs> they, um, they played this like Mike is a prom date. Yeah. Trying to pick up Leon's teenage daughter, Larry. Exactly. And Larry has like a <laughs> she's all that moment of coming down the steps and like the music starts up. Um, it was it was weird and not ever really driven home. But it is but it is played for it is played like that, which is weird. Um, so I feel like they just kind of went halfway with this gag, you know? Uh, what would be going all of the way with this gag? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> like, this is as far would, as it needed would, to go. Would, would, would Mike and Larry kiss at the end? Well, you can tell that they were playing that up as well at the would, end. Would Would Larry give Mike a dry handy? <laughs> Who wears suits to a grade school musical, too, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. Like, you'd be overdressed. And, like, we live in a good school district. It's not Newton Academy or anything, but, like... You'd be overdressed in a polo going to anything at our grade school, you know. So, And Keisha's not in high school or anything. At least it doesn't look like it from what we've seen of her. Right? This would be like a middle school musical if it was going to be anything, I think. But they're both dressed very well. And when we get to the school, we find out they're not overdressed. There are plenty of no. people in suits. But I'm like, yeah. what is going maybe, on? Maybe this, maybe this is just like L.A. private school attire for parents. I guess everyone's, so. Everyone's always got to be wearing a suit. At yeah. least... At least, uh, I, I mean, no, no. You know what? Everyone's wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and Nat brought Lisa to the play, which Larry rolls his eyes at. Uh, meanwhile, Jane tells Susie what Larry said to Hal, which was really Leon, as we know, that he that Larry was being very racist when he was talking to Hal. And Susie, this was, I thought this was funny too, because Susie is translating and Larry is confused as to what Susie is saying or what Jane is saying when he's like, wait, are you saying that or her? She's like, it's me saying it. And she refuses to translate for Larry. And she's like, tell her that's not what happened. She's like, I'm not telling her anything for you. <laughs> so Larry's side of the story isn't getting told at all, but everything's coming one way through Susie. I thought that was hilarious. Wait, are you saying that or her? Uh, and then Jane's dog escapes. And when Nat sees it, he yells, it's a rat. And that's when oh, Mike no. gets up. This made me audibly go, oh, my God, when Mike stands up and starts stomping the dog, like, more than Larry stomped the spider. But obviously it was... It I don't was know, a, like, I don't know how many times he stomps this thing, but, like, or, or is supposed to stomp this thing, but, yeah. like, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> like, 14 times with your foot going above your waist. Yeah, definitely, definitely enough times for him to think, oh... This is this isn't a rat. What am I currently stomping on? Oh, it's a little tiny dog. Ooh. Well, I've made it this far. Oh god. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was it gave me a visceral reaction. Like I I audibly was like, "Oh my god." Like it was a little too much. <laughs> and we got to 
we've got a very grotesque episode with uh, the carnival of the grotesque. Yeah. And, uh, and now Mike curb stomping a little dog. Yeah. And and he's, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, that was a dog. He's like, no, it was a it was a rat. Like almost trying rat. to convince himself. He, he's, trying, <laughs> he's trying to convince himself. Yeah. No, I, I didn't just kill a dog. It was a no, rat. No, it was it was it was a rat. I, I, more, more commotion. It was it was a rat. <laughs> uh so back at home this is where we get the awkward front door exchange goodbye as if it was a date and there was a point when mike it looked like he was when they shake hands that mike was attempting to like it looked like he was going in for a kiss yeah go in on larry yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so i mean yeah I, I don't know maybe it just didn't land on me that i was like why why play that angle oh, up at all i mean it was the, weird the, but i yeah. i want to believe that this was totally uh, totally improv on Kevin Farley's part. And like both of them just decided, yeah, we're going to play it up like she's all that. And yeah. then whenever you get home, yeah, you're dropping Larry off as though he's your prom date and action. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it was a way to go about it. And, and I mean, I guess some things can just be little jokes like that. And they don't have to have anything to do with the plot. And they don't have to write a storyline around them. It can just be, there's a joke, you know? <laughs> uh, and... So uh, the next morning or somewhere about, uh, Cheryl has a better toaster that is working now, and she is taking toast up to Larry, who is now very sick, and he tries... Well, we never we never yeah. got, like, any... Like, how did Larry get sick? I'm guessing just from taking care of Cheryl, like, it was just... It was going out th- going on throughout the house, because we yeah. know Keisha was sick as well. Yeah, and, and even Loretta's like, I think she got the same bug that Cheryl had, and, and Larry must have somehow ended up, too, with that same bug. Uh, so, yeah, and it seems to be a mix of mostly stomach because they talk about being able to keep food down or keep anything down. So some kind of stomach bug, uh, I guess, because, yeah, Cheryl mentioned at one point, like, I'm able to keep something down. And I feel like eating for the first time in days and you're not going to make me a toast or whatever. Uh, and Loretta taking orange juice to Keisha to see if she can keep it down. Um, yeah, it seems to be that kind of thing. But Larry is very sick, but he still tries to get that sick sex from Cheryl. And she is not into it again. And as he says, no good. Frolic starts to play. And that is the end of the episode. Oh, righty. What do we got for homework this week? I didn't write anything down. Nothing? Nothing. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Tim, what do you like for cover art this week? Good question. (laughs) What are you thinking? It seems like you might be thinking something. I'm thinking if we, if I can find one, I got to find like a meme level like you know the the spongebob meme or no the mr krabs meme of like he's like looking around and like everything in his background is blurry yeah as though he's just like oh my god what is going on i gotta find something like that of mike stomping (laughs) this little dog yeah yeah there's a rat (laughs) there's a rat (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember when this episode i remember watching this episode and going my god that guy is exactly like chris farley just like you know i mean he, he yeah. was like the reincarnation i was like this is if this is not and, and you know what he's funny too so yeah when, and i'm sure like i'm sure a lot of people like don't think to cast him simply because he's chris farley's brother and they don't want to like have the comparisons to to chris farley so i i do kind of feel for the guy you know he's yeah he's a working actor he's a working comedian uh, unless I, I don't know his his background, maybe he didn't become an actor and comedian until Chris died. Yeah, I don't know the background either. But if uh, if he was already like working actor, working comedian, I feel for him. 
I know, I know, yeah, because, I mean, especially in this, I mean, he's got the mannerisms of Chris Farley, for crying out loud, I mean, and they, they're like identical, they could be twins, I mean, it, it's just so crazy how much he looks like his brother, I think he does a lot of voice work, actually, because I know he did that, um, he was on that Bill Burr Netflix cartoon, uh, in some, you know, bit pieces oh, here really? and there, okay. yeah, um, so maybe that's a place where he can kind of, you know, get a lot of work, because... You just kind of need that great expressive voice, not necessarily someone who looks exactly like Chris Farley. But yeah. I'm just I'm glad he got a show as and a part as big as this very, you know, I don't know about early in his career or whatever. But it, th- this was very cool that Larry, you know, cast him, even though he looked exactly like Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's good. I can't think of anything else that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's as good as anything, yeah, because it involves the rap dog. If I see anything else, I'll uh, I'll I'll see what I can do. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had Larry tests the limits of sick sex. Semicolon. Loretta and Leon's job prospects are burned by a slow toaster. How are Leon's job prospects burned by a slow toaster? I don't really know. I, I I was trying to think. I'm like, is it just because the toast is taking forever? Yeah, but that that it does affect Loretta's job interview because Larry has to make toast <laughs> for Cheryl. It does not affect Leon's job interview no, at all. No, it doesn't. I, I wish we had something in here about the the phone swap. Um, yeah, because that that that's a bigger that's a bigger player into Leon's job prospects. Yes, yeah. And also the the testing the limits of six sex. That's not even. That's a single. That that's two lines. I think it episode. takes up. It's not a plot. Yeah. I think it take up takes up less than a minute of the entire yeah, episode. Totaled, totaled between all both right. scenes. Yeah, exactly. So I I think we don't need that at all. But uh, this is a weird episode that has so much going on. It's almost difficult to discern what the A story is because you have the job interviews. You have Larry's dad being in love with his happy ending masseuse. I, I think the A story has got to be the interviews because. That plays into the phone swap. That plays into the toaster. It plays into uh, uh, Larry and Cheryl, like Larry taking care of Cheryl because she's sick. The the it plays into everything. The yeah. A story is definitely the interviews. Well, see, I was thinking the A story was Larry's interactions with Hal and Jane. Man, I know. Man. And then we have Mike and the uh, and the the musical. I mean, geez, there's so much going on. How do there you? Is. How do you pick I, what? I, I still think the A story has got to be the interviews. The B story, like, you, you can have a very prominent B story. Yeah. I, I think B story has got to be the ASL. Okay, so what about just, you know, Larry offends Larry offends a deaf Larry woman offend- and her husband? How about just, yeah, uh, Larry, keep it keep it simple for the first one because uh, just Larry offends a deaf woman. Okay. Boom. Yeah. And the, and then the offense rolls over to her husband, but it's, yeah. it starts off with just Jean. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Larry offends a deaf woman. Uh, Do you want to keep the semicolon? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> semicolon. Leon and Loretta's something with their job interviews. How do we want to? I love. I, I still love the play on words. I don't think we can use it because so, okay. it's going to make it too long. L- like Loretta, Loretta and Leon's job prospects are what well, we can keep burned by a slow toaster. And uh, what's what's a good pun for a phone swap? Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> there could there there could have been something with burner phone in there, but I don't think we can. 
you know, oh, I don't, I don't think we can work that. <laughs> are burned by a slow toaster and a gross miscommunication. Uh, That's bad. That's real bad. I mean, and and uh, and I mean, it, it could just be as simple as swapped phones. Oh wait, crossed phone lines or something like that. You know, like lines. when you get your getting your lines crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Burned by a slow toaster and crossed phone lines. Yeah. Oh, that I think that might be it. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> uh, so, okay. what We had Larry offends a deaf woman, semicolon, Leon and Loretta's, or no, let's go. Uh, Loretta and Leon's job prospects are burned by a slow toaster and crossed phone lines. Yeah, I think that's there good. There we go. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, the the Nat, I, I would love if they keep the storyline going because I think it's very funny that Larry's dad is essentially every douchebag that goes to Hooters or a strip club. Yes, you know? like, I think they really like me. I think they really like me. I mean, that storyline is hilarious <laughs> to me. And Larry trying to convince him that it is not the case. I have, I mean, the fact that he showed up with Lisa, because it could have all ended in Sir Latablo once his dad found out that it was, but Lisa is there with him. The so there might be something to going. it. Yeah. There, maybe there, maybe she does like him and maybe Larry's not going to, you know he's gonna think that she's you know whatever uh, i hope they keep that going because that was hilarious to me and then the six sack storyline is storyline d you know no i did not in a in a, in a numerical <laughs> list of stories in this episode it is story number 69 hell yeah um no yeah it's definitely the d story yeah that's funny uh, uh, so we i think we did it i think we made it better and we kept the, the pun so i'm happy <laughs> all right tim did you like this episode it was it was a fine above average baseline episode of curb your enthusiasm i can't give it a, a star or anything but i i enjoyed it all the way through what about you wow okay i um i i was uh i was thoroughly enjoying this episode i you know it was like very, very like you said very base level and then the thing that kicked it into another notch for me hmm. was Mike the Exterminator curb stomping this little dog. <laughs> and that that same reaction you were talking about, I had that same reaction. I'm watching watching the episode. I had to, like, pause the uh, uh, voice-to-text on my notes app. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm just watching like all of the the commotion. Mike uh, trying to tell himself it's it's a rat. It's a, it's a rat. That and I I was I was dying at the cringe aspect of oh of yeah the prom storyline yeah and 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 the ASL and uh, even though it's got Tim Meadows in it, which is an immediate like eh for me. I <laughs> I'm gonna give this episode a star. Whoa! So you don't like seeing Tim Meadows and stuff? Eh, it's it's okay. It just it always makes me think of uh, of my interaction with him, and it always will. Oh, I forget. I don't remember. Oh no way! Really? <laughs> Probably once you we, explain. We, but now, I mean, you have to explain it to the listeners now. I think we've told this story on oh, the, really? on the episode on the on the pod before. If uh, if we haven't, admit it. If we have, it's been years. Yeah. Uh, but Tim Meadows uh came in and did a. Uh, a weekend at the local comedy club in Erie, Pennsylvania. This was like like late spring, early summer 2015. I had literally just been hired as a full-timer at our local radio group 
uh, in promotion. So I was taking photos for social media and the websites. I didn't know how many photos I needed. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, click, click, okay, thanks for stopping in, Tim, and upload to Facebook. You know, I was taking, admittedly, way too many photos, <laughs> but also... It was very early in the morning. It was like 7 o'clock or something. Tim Meadows is in there. I'm taking photos. He's literally just sitting there not doing anything, like, interesting, visually <laughs> anyway. And he just looks at me. He's like, I'm sorry. How many photos are you needing to take? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. And I just, like, kind of – I back away sheepishly. Slinked away, yeah. Yeah, just slinked away. And I'm like <laughs> – Ever since then, it's been eight years, and uh, I still have a visceral reaction to anything Tim Meadows. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't like. He's not a guy that I will seek out and go. Yes, I must see everything Tim Meadows is in. But when he pops up, I you know he add he adds something to. I don't even think he was ever that really funny on SNL. But just like <laughs> he, everything, he, yeah, he is a very good straight man. Yeah, in any in anything that he plays, but. I will never, like, unless I meet Tim Meadows again, and I will definitely tell him this story, nah. hopefully it gets a laugh out of him. At the very least, a, an awkward cringe laugh to keep, like, a bit going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you that he's a good straight man, and, that, and so that whenever he tried to be the funny star, it fell flat for me. Like, the ladies' man, I never, I don't think I ever cracked a smile at one <laughs> ladies' man joke in in the history of snl but you know whenever he pops up and he just has to play some you know even you know any character work he did i, I didn't really care for but he yeah. could be funny as a straight man too you know he could deliver a line without any intonation or whatever and just make it funny i think but you know the, the ladies man specifically i remember i'm like i i don't know what what's funny about this he yeah. likes sex yeah <laughs> Also, I just thought of a uh, – do you remember this show from Fox from a couple of years ago? It only lasted for, like, one season. But uh, with uh, with Tim Meadows and Cheryl Hines, both in this episode, uh, they, they played a couple in a Fox show a couple of years ago called Son of Zorn. Do you remember uh, this? Yeah, I, rem I never watched it, but I remember it. <laughs> So I actually, I actually really liked Son of Zorn, I, and I, I, I probably remember it a little more fondly than than I, I uh, remember it like at at the time of watching it. Yeah, it was okay, but I still watched it, and I, I was still kind of bummed whenever they axed it after one season. Yeah, but uh, Tim Meadows and Cheryl Hines were the couple on it. That, that were raising their son, but Cheryl's ex-husband was, like, a He-Man, like, right. animated cartoon character. Yeah, and, yeah. And cartoons are, are real in this in this world. <laughs> and their their son, played by uh, Johnny Pemberton, uh, is mostly human, except for he's got a, a 2D cartoon animated penis. No way. I did not yes. know that aspect of the show. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt I doubt you can find it anywhere now because you know it's just a one season failed show from fucking eight years ago. I know it's probably on Hulu or it, or it would pop up on Hulu. You know see, it should anyway. Zorn, twenty sixteen one season. <laughs> yeah, I remember oh when they God, added it's that on to Hulu. The... I, I right. have a feeling. Wow. Yeah, they just throw that stuff up and they forget about it. They're like, ah, if some ads run during it, great. 
<laughs> if not, it just lives up there. Make more money in ads on uh, on a couple people watching it on Hulu than it would have made in its entire run on Fox. Yeah, this was uh, yeah, and Jason Sudeikis was the voice of Zorn. I remember, I def, I remember that now. Yeah, that's, oh, that's funny. Right. I totally yeah. forgot he was the voice of Zorn. Yeah, wow. yeah, and that was a Lord and Miller show, and they're funny dudes. Uh, Phil Lord and uh, who's it? Christopher Miller? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like they're the um uh you know Lego Movie guys. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And the Last Man on Earth and that kind of stuff. I'm into them. Okay. Oh, uh, we, we haven't uh, heard about what the next episode is about. Oh, yet. I okay. forgot how we. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that you liked. Yeah. You liked. Did you? You didn't give this a star though. Uh, I I am giving this. a you star. You did give this a star. Okay. Yeah, I Interesting. Am, I okay. am given. I am given a star to the awesome. rat dog. Sweet. Yeah, so not a, not many stars I've given out in season six so far. Yeah, I'm keeping my stars because I really only have. I really have zero <laughs> left. Yeah. But I'm hoping to knock off uh I think it's the freak book. I think I'm hoping to knock the freak book down to number four. So I'm keeping that other star, you know, in my back pocket. I I, I just can't give it out as freely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well next week we have got season six, episode seven, the TiVo guy. Oh my Jeez. gosh. It's already dated by the title. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Uh original air date October twenty first, two thousand and seven. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see a malfunctioning TV device puts Larry's <laughs> marriage with Cheryl into a crisis mode. Ooh, I kind of like, all right. I think this is still going to be relatable, though. You just have to swap in Netflix for TiVo or whatever, um, possibly. <laughs> or, or, But I like that a Even malfunctioning... DVR, the, the DVR yeah, guy. The DVR like, guy, yeah. D- but... DVR is like the the... The synonymous name, the overarching name for that. But anymore. in 2007, TiVo was in danger of becoming genericized like Xerox or Coke or whatever um, because people were saying like, oh, yeah, I'll put it. I'll got it on the TiVo. Even if you didn't have a TiVo brand, there was yeah. a, before TiVo went out of business, if you just had your cable company's DVR or whatever, you'd call it a TiVo. Oh, exactly. yeah, I'll TiVo that. If, I got a TiVo. Even if, even if they, they're not they're not still uh, in business, are they? I don't think so. They can't be. <laughs> Oh God! Can't be. Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like they—they're like a, a company that would just bubble under. Uh, TiVo Inc. was an American corporation uh, with its primary product. Uh, okay, uh, found in 1997. Uh, is TiVo still a thing? Uh, TiVo service is available in the United States, uh, United Kingdom, Canada, Mexico, Spain, and Taiwan <laughs> at present. Oh, good lord. Oh, it looks no like there's way. a. It looks like they sell kind of a Chromecast or Amazon Fire or Roku device called TiVo oh. Stream 4K. Oh so they kind of pivoted God. to smartly. <laughs> um, Good for them, though. I mean, that's what they should have done. Yeah, there's still. I mean, this is still two hundred and fifty dollars, but there's still something called a TiVo Edge for cable TV DVR. <laughs> so they sell their own brand of DVR. I guess if you don't want to pay for your cable company's DVR. Honestly, though, if they could make a device that I could add shows and movies from all of my streaming platforms into one centralized DVR app, that'd be incredible. I would, I would, I'd buy that. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, that's kind of what I feel like Google's new Chromecast is because you sort of connect it to all your streaming services and then you can search across them within Chromecast. Mm. So I, I feel like that's kind of maybe what you're even looking for. But I, yeah, I don't know what the TiVo uh, dongle does. <laughs> the TiVo dongle. <laughs> the TiVo dongle, um, maybe. Yeah, but it is. Uh, I have a feeling there that some of this will resonate because, you know, certainly 
it's still a thing that couples Man, like if you're watching a show, you're they're like, don't watch an episode without me, and, and certain you know like DVR I adultery. Love- I absolutely love that we're starting to get into, like, modern technology. Yeah, yeah, and just see, because it's kind of, you know, it's like Seinfeld 2000 or whatever. It's like finding out, because yeah. it's well, the same what mentality. If, what if Jerry get iPad? Yeah, yeah, we might actually find out an answer to that. It's just going to be through the eyes of, of George rather than Larry, or I mean, rather than Jerry. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, because it's the same mindset, and that's why Curb persists to this day, because it's it examines the nothingness of everyday life. All right, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good! Be good!